today on the TMZ Podcast. Welcome to the TMZ Podcast, Derek and Eric. The return yep. of Eric uh, to our podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute, and uh, we're going to throw you right into the harrowing tale of Jeremy Renner's snowplow accident. We've wow. got all the details now because he spoke with Diane Sawyer about it last night, and uh, tell us what happened. It's it's so much more insane than I even thought it was. Because you hear the story like, oh, his snowplow ran over him, ran over his legs. So yes. I thought it had run over his leg and crushed his you know his knee and like which is horrible enough sure but you thought he went in perpendicular kind under of, the tracks kind because of. it sounded like how could anyone survive going underneath yeah the thing entirely. weighs it weighs seven tons so it they when he talked to diane sawyer they showed an animation that basically he was trying to jump on the track while it was moving yeah and it pulled him under and essentially rolled over almost his entire body. Yeah, he and his nephew were apparently pushing a car out of the snow with the snowplow. So his nephew is between a truck and a snowplow. And right. Jeremy described it as he was sort of leaning out of the cab of the snowplow while it's moving to see that his nephew was okay and not between the two things, falls out of the snowplow, and the snowplow is still engaged and moving towards his nephew, going to sort of pancake him between right. these two vehicles. When he falls out, he jumps, tries to get back in so he can engage the brake, I assume, or stop the snowplow in some way. But the tracks are moving very quickly. And the animation, Ugh. you know, these are used in trials a lot. Um, this one is horrific to me. It's it, absolutely I, it, horrific it, because it, he's face down when he falls My off. stomach nodded up yeah. just seeing it. So he described what that experience was like, and this is what he said to Diane Sawyer about it. This is when the fast-moving tracks hurling forward in front of the machine as he shouts a vow. That's what I screamed, by the way, when I went under the thing. Not today. It's what I screamed. Sorry for the language. Your foot went down in one of these. I don't know. I doubt I couldn't tell you for sure. Don't know if your head hit this. Don't know. It felt like uh, someone took the wind out of you. Too many things are going on in the body to feel pain. It's everything. It's like if your soul could have pain. He felt it crush his toes, then ankles, then legs. His chest up to his eye that's bulging out. It was cracked, I believe, and I could see my eye with my other eye. Ah! Is, so, so at one point during this interview, he describes because you think about a snowplow sometimes on snow, which is soft, so there would be some give. He says that's not the case. This had plowed the earth, so he was on asphalt, which is very hard, and and ice. And he felt the full brunt of this snowplow on his body. It's not like plunging into soft snow and, and buffering right. that it was, in any way. It was frozen and packed down, and it was asphalt underneath it, as you said. It's impossible it, that, to fathom and that he surviving was that. clearly conscious for so much of it to feel just this crushing weight moving up your entire body. And you'd have to assume you're going to die. Like You have to assume I mean, that. it's interesting that he yelled out, not today, do you, do you remember? But, do you remember the scene from Roger Rabbit when when he is you know the steamroller right. goes over him? It's it's hard to understand to even wrap your head around something that heavy on on flesh and bone, and that right. he endured that and was conscious throughout it. Said he felt <sighs> his soul having pain. I mean, he, it's, it's he saw his eyeball with his other eye. How like it is? It is a miracle that he survived that. It's an absolute miracle. And you yeah. see him in the interview, looks like Jeremy Renner, like you picture him in your head, like yeah, looks like no at least you know, physical damage externally that's visible. It did put a lot of perspective in his life because at some point she asks him, she reads down the list of injuries and, you know, they're what you expect when you're crushed by a snowplow, horrific things. And she says, you know, do you think you'll ever do stunts again? Because Jeremy Renner before this was an action hero. I mean, right. he came out on the scene in Hurt Locker, already an action movie, and then he's he's Hawkeye. And and, and did his own stunts a lot of the like, time. Yeah, he did the sort of like jumping from things and barrel rolling sort of parkour type <laughs> moves. 
And she says, are you going to do that again? And he says, you know, I'm in my mid-50s. I think he's 52 now. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll, I'll hang out in my trailer right. and let the stunt guy do it. He has a sense of humor about this. I like that he goes. It's hard in, to imagine. In that very actory way. He's like, you know what? I have no ego about this now. Like, bring the stunt guy in. I don't yeah. need to do this now. And then there's a moment I, I, want, I wanted to touch upon because I have, a, I have a daughter. And he, Diane Sawyer shows him a picture of getting out of the hospital, lying on the couch, and his daughter just sort of cradled in his arms. He still looks mangled at this point, right. but he's at, le at least home recovering. And she says, you know, what did what did uh, what she say to you? What did your daughter say to you? And he's like, she doesn't have to say anything. You know, right. she said she was scared and all this kind of stuff, but that hit me. I I'm not really uh, super touchy-feely about these things, but that moment of just holding, like, your your kid who must have been terrified to, to, to imagine seeing her father in this sort of situation and processing that. She's a young kid. I don't know exactly how how old, but I would say 10 at most. If that, yeah. If that. And, and you see him kind of choke up a little bit, like genuinely seeing the photo of him with his daughter. And the, that was the first time she had seen him because he didn't want her to see him when he first went in the hospital. Yeah. And like for his, his nephew to, to see him in that moment after that, I mean, you'd have to assume he was dead, I would think. That's what I, I wonder. So his nephew... Wow. I mean, just such a difficult thing for the nephew, I'm sure, to process because his impulse to hang out of the cab was to check on the safety of his nephew. He sees that his nephew's in a precarious situation, falls out in, in, in trying to save his nephew, suffers this horrific, horrific accident. You know, there's survivor's guilt. There's all those sorts of things that must be going through the nephew's mind. Jeremy, to his credit, I thought I thought he just handled this so maturely. He's like, this was all my fault. You know, yeah. I got on the moving tracks. It doesn't sound like he's gearing up for any lawsuit against the plow company. No. I mean, this guy jumped on the moving tracks to try to save a relative from peril. It's heroic. He, it is it, genuinely it's heroic. Kind of heroic. I mean, I mean he, I'm he cynical, but that's risked his own safety in the moment. And that's the thing. That's why, you know, he put his foot on the moving track because you're not thinking. Yes. And that's not, not that he's like dumb. It's just you're also doing whatever you can in that moment right. because you see a snowplow careening towards a relative. So he jumped on the tracks to try to get back in the cab. I mean, yeah, you're, was... you're trying to save someone. And had he, you know, been able to get his footing had been slightly different, maybe he would have been able to get back in the cab yeah. without being pulled under. And he says he's not sure exactly because Diane asked him, "Did your foot get caught in the treads?" He goes, "I don't know." Right. Just, I don't know. Because it I all, mean, I'm you sure, that, black out a little bit. That all happened so very quickly. Yes. You don't have time to think, and that is sort of the the, the heroic thing is that his instinct in that moment, without thinking, was to jump out to try and save someone. That's right. And he remembers the agonizing pain because the, the graphic seems like, she asked, did you hit your head on the plow? Because there's a plow in front, and maybe, by the grace of God, you could be knocked out so you don't feel the pain. That's not the case. Jeremy no. Renner says, I don't know if I, my head hit that on the way down, but I know I felt every time this tread was crushing my body from the toes to my lungs collapsing and so forth. Uh, he must I don't have been... think I've ever heard a story like this by a person who experienced it. I mean, no. remember, remember you'd be that? dead. You would be dead. You remember the documentary? We've talked about this before. There's a famous documentary about people who have jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge right. um, because it's a very popular destination for suicide. And there's a man who survived it. One of he, like seven in the world. One of seven people. Most of the times hitting the water from that height, it's like hitting concrete. So you, you do perish. But this guy had second thoughts while he was jumping and tells you about what he was feeling about being in the air and knowing that you're you, you're going to perish right. and surviving it it's similar to me to this like this guy is able to describe something that would have killed most people Th that we don't even want to imagine because yeah. it's so horrific and then you can't imagine it and then for someone to describe it i'm curious the, the animation yeah. they did it looks like he's completely in front of the plow 
he must have because it would have crushed his head and that definitely would have killed that's him. that's what i that's the only thing i wondered is how did the tread stop at like crushing his toes and or moving up his body maybe he was able to kind of because i would think your instinct would be to try and claw your way to the side yeah even as you're being crushed yeah and maybe that saved him i don't know your, your head and brain out because he did th- he did mm-hmm. say at some point during the interview i thought i might just be a spine and a brain so maybe right. he had the wherewithal and because he wasn't knocked unconscious, the wherewithal to move his head at some point. So, you know, a, a confluence of events that that led to this. But it's remarkable. He thinks he's going to walk to movie premieres again. I mean, I don't think he's going to do stunts, as he says. No. But uh, this is truly, truly remarkable. It's, it's, I'm rarely sort of like on my heels at, at just how remarkable something is. Right. We're, we've, we're a pretty cynical bunch. Uh, but this is yeah, pretty, that's, pretty remarkable. Yeah, you said the, the picture with the daughter when he started tearing up. Or, you know, so many times things like that. In, in less dramatic situations. Yeah. He's an actor. He's a good actor. Sure. They can tear up when they need to. No, there's no. Oh. I have no cynicism about this. Just amazing he's alive. Glad he is. If you're shopping while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast, then you know and love the thrill of the hunt. But are you getting the thrill of the best deals? Rakuten shoppers do. They get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right, let's move to something uh, odder. So there's all good feelings about Jeremy Renner's recovery. This actually has a, a as happy an ending as you could have. The Kanye West saga has now taken a very strange turn. We now have a lawsuit against Kanye himself and his Donda Academy. And we've always sort of wondered... What goes on in the walls of a school that Kanye West designed? He's one of the most, I think, even by his own admission, eccentric individuals you could imagine. So how do you combine an educational uh, sort of mission with his brand of, uh, you know, eccentricity? Remember the photos we saw of the students in the academy? There were no chairs. They were all dressed in, like, dark gray and black head to toe. Yes. And, like, they studied, like, parkour and things. Yes. it, it looked odd, even as it was happening. It looked odd. So now we have uh, a window into what the Academy is actually run like. Now, you have to take some of this with a grain of salt because these are two plaintiffs who are disgruntled about being fired. They are two teachers. One was a third grade. One was a fifth grade teacher. And they filed this lawsuit, which they put in a lot of detail about what the school is run like, which they didn't really have to. Their, their grievance right. is really, you know— it doesn't. It's a it's a host of code violations. Uh, some of our paychecks weren't up to the amount that we should have been paid. And you could have written this lawsuit very simply. You know, we work for the school, and he shorted us money, and right. he terminated us because of our race. These are two uh, black women who say we were fired from the school. We're the only two black teachers, and we believe it's racial discrimination. And and you, you can do, write that in a simple way. They and didn't. again, Kanye hasn't said anything in response to this yet. We're going to get into the details of this, but yes. the things they're saying about it are so specific. It yes. would be an odd thing to make up. That's right. They're so strange that it's, right. it's, yeah, how would you come up with this unless you actually experience it? But anyway, I do want to give some of these details um, because 
They're just strange. It reads a little bit. Right. I, when I was reading this lawsuit, and I read lawsuits all day, it read like a tour rider for Van Halen in the 80s. <laughs> because famously Van Halen, yeah. uh, they would have they had a tour rider that said, we want a bowl full of M&Ms with all the brown M&Ms removed. Right. And it's become this sort of famous piece of rock folklore about sort of the – the, the the demands of fussy rock stars. Well, you read this and the school seems like it because it, this is the the detail that pops out the most is that the kids were only allowed to eat sushi. So Kanye right. West, and we've known this about him, is famously very into sushi. Uh, apparently, oh, he also used to go to Nobu with Kim exactly. and love sushi. Well, apparently they say he spends $10,000 a day on sushi. The kids are only allowed to have sushi. No outside lunch is allowed to be uh, brought in. You can only bring in water. And they don't eat it at tables because there's no tables. And Kanye's not into chairs either. So they apparently have to sit on the floor and eat their sushi lunch. Um, they have to wear these uniforms, which right. we knew something about. And that, I think, is a pot shot. You know, private schools have uniforms. And yeah. they describe them, though, as marching around like you're in an old Apple commercial it about, is, about communism or but something. But usually when you see a school uniform, it is a uniform of yes. some sort. These were like weird... Black and gray baggy sweatpants and hoodies. It it was an it feels odd like look a for a school uniform. Or a cult. And that what they're describing is is odd. Right. I, there's no other way to put it. Apparently, the classrooms were all on the first floor and not the second floor because Kanye has a ter terrifying like it phobia of stairs. Doesn't like stairs. I, I, you know, and we know his design aesthetic is what it is. Lots of blank walls. We've seen the inside when Kim and Kanye were together of their homes. You know, it's not splashed with artwork. He also has this weird thing that they point out that he doesn't like crossword puzzles or coloring books. Books. Now, you know, you've got third and fifth grade teacher. There's going to be some coloring. My daughter brings home, you know, uh, artwork of varying quality, I'll say. Uh, but <laughs> but you still put it in the refrigerator. I, you put it on the you fridge, you know. Kids like to color. It's a very important outlet. It seems ascetic in this sort of deranged way. I, I yeah. don't know how else to put it. This is not the way a school that teaches K through 12 uh, should be run for the early part of education. It's just it's well, so outside the norm. The the, the sushi thing and, and the stairs, that's all just sort of weird and feeds into Kanye's eccentricities. Some of the other more serious things, yeah. in addition to their pay, is that they said there was not really any sort of disciplinary plan in place. Or even a school nurse. Right. She said these kids would, like, kids would bully each other, and there was nothing the teachers could do. There was no office to send them to, no reprimanding or anything. Just It was just chaos, basically. And... For the health violations and safety violations, she said the doors were locked from the outside. Yeah, I, I can't. And there were no trash cans. I haven't seen doors locked from the outside since, uh, what was that Morgan Freeman movie back in the day? Lean on me. Oh, yeah. You remember the principal yeah. was like, I'm not going to have violence in my schools. And he locked the kids in the school as a measure of safety. Right. That was a triumphant, heroic principal. This is weird, man. This is very, very strange. And you're right. They've nested within uh, all of the like sushi details and the eccentric stuff. Serious, serious allegations. Right. Now, I don't know if they're true and Kanye's going to have his uh sort of response to this he's going to say a lot of this is overblown but <clears throat> it'll be difficult for him because they're so strange that there's some seems right. to be an element of truth and these women are going to have other disgruntled students other disgruntled teachers who are going to and parents and parents who may say the same exact thing and then all of a sudden Kanye's up against a chorus of people saying one way and then Kanye West saying something else, and yeah. he's not exactly the most credible individual there is. Because you never he's not even that guy. he's not even that he's lying. You just never know what his perception of it was. And the thing too is, Donda was was kindergarten through twelfth grade. So if these were like kindergartners, first, second graders, as a testimony to the safety of the school, they're not probably going to understand that. But your fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds will know. We were locked in. We had no trash cans. We couldn't bring our own food. We had to eat sushi every single day. Which I like sushi, but. 
Yeah, not every day. No, and not everybody could. I know eat you it. don't like mayonnaise on your shoes. Uh, Eric has a I thing know. about mayonnaise. Mayonnaise on. is <laughs> Satan's favorite condiment. Um, so, so look, they're seeking more than a million dollars. It's a big ticket item. Uh, we'll have to see where this plays out. We have not heard um, how Kanye is going to respond to this. We do know that when he announced opening the prep school, he called it a world class education institution with a rigorous core curriculum and emphasis on sustainability, creativity. He's going to say this thing was all by design. Uh, you know, maybe he says, you know, tables aren't uh, really necessary. We need to get back to nature. I don't know. And there are arguments you can make because you can design a private school in a way that doesn't look like a public school. That's the sure. point of it. And, and if and you send your kids to Donda Academy, you know you know why you're doing that's it. That's key. And, and what... But again, How many the, people still ride for this? There's got to be a lot of parents who are now upset to read something like, well, we thought this school was one way, but... Wow, the way I'm reading this lawsuit, right. did you really like have no trash cans and no school nurse? I'm fine with no tables, but I didn't sign up for this. And I think you're now going to see a lot of people come out of the woodwork. He's under assault in from all directions. And, you know, he does no longer has his big deals. He has plenty of money, but this could get bad quite quickly for Kanye West. Right. It, it could. And remember towards the end of it there. When all the uh, when Balenciaga and people started dropping him as a client, remember Donda just emailed the parents at, like late at night. Yes. Oh, we're not having class tomorrow. Yeah. Oh wait, no, now we are. Oh no, now we're not. And this is a school. I mean, yeah, this the... isn't like a tour schedule where oh he canceled last minute. Correct. That's inconvenient for concert goers. This is parents trying to take children to school, and when they're just randomly like we're not going to have school. Eh, maybe we are. Right. Eh. The key <laughs> thing for teaching children, if you learn one thing, is consistency. And and to the thought of sending your child to a school run by Kanye West, who is. <laughs> who is the standard bearer of inconsistency, I find a little bit irresponsible by parents to sort of make that decision, but I'll, I'll reserve judgment. I, there's He has some good qualities, I suppose, and artistic qualities. Well, I can but, see thinking when he started this, you know, Kanye is this like free thinker who felt like he was probably constrained a bit by his own school experience yeah. because he's a genius in his way. So you think, oh, my kid has all this potential. Right. Maybe Kanye is somebody who understands that. Well, here we are. So we'll have to see where this lawsuit right. goes because uh, it's certainly a rocky start with this with this uh, filing of the complaint. Uh, we'll see you guys next time.